Welcome to the West Point Sermon Podcast. This is your place for audio for past and future messages. Video versions of this podcast are available at the link in the podcast description. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates when new sermons are posted. Thanks so much for listening. All right. Well, this morning is a very special day. Uh, As part of our family service, we have our our kids in here with us this morning, and they're going to be helping me preach this message. Um, So that's something fun to look forward to. Um, We've been going through this series called Rethink Christmas, and we've been looking at a different Christmas movie each time, and this morning is The Gospel According to Charlie Brown. The Gospel According to Charlie Brown. This is one of my favorite movies. It it was part of my childhood growing up, right? Anybody else like that? Like, you remember watching this this movie as a little kid? They'd show it on on TV, and and you'd watch it with your family. Um, That was part of of my tradition growing up, and so it's kind of a special movie to me. Plus, Charles Schultz is from Minnesota, so there's that connection there as well. Um, But how many know that Christmas is not always what it is in our heads? Like sometimes there's some disappointments and frustrations that go along with Christmas. And I think that's one of the things with Charlie Brown's story is that Um, Things weren't exactly the way that he expected them to be in his mind. I remember the first time that we were parents during Christmas. It was back in 2010, and we had a nine-month-old baby named Kayla. And she she was just this tiny little thing. We were so excited to have her first Christmas. And so we had plans. Uh, We were gonna go to Chicago to be with my family over you know the Christmas day in the next couple of days and so Laura was actually in a wedding in Wisconsin on Christmas Eve so she drove out to the the wedding and I flew to Chicago and then we uh, were gonna meet up there and we left right after our church's Christmas Eve service and flight went well we got to Chicago and everything was going great until that night when I woke up to the sound of my nine-month-old baby vomiting. Oh, I'm telling you, it was the worst. Like, it just, everything that we had planned, everything that we thought about, everything that we expected it to be, it was not that for Christmas that year. Uh, it was a mess. It was, it was vomit everywhere, puke Christmas. And, you know, that whole time she was kind of sick and out of it. And, like, we, like, tried to give her presents. And she was, like, just not interested at all. She just wanted to sleep the entire time. It was not what we had planned. Um, Since then, we've had some great Christmas moments. But we've also had more disasters along the way. In fact, last night we had another one. I didn't expect to have this bonus illustration. But last night we walked downstairs to put our girls to bed. And I saw this torn up package sitting on the floor. In fact, there were two of them, Christmas presents that we had wrapped. And what my, what my chocolate lab had figured out was that there was chocolate in one of those packages. And so he got a hold of it. It was on top of our dresser up in our bedroom. And he took it and dragged it all the way downstairs, ripped it open. I mean, there were individual chocolate wrappers on the, on the floor, like, strewn all over the place. Uh, it was just like a nightmare. And, and like the, the party that the gift exchange is for is, is today. So we got to figure out how to replace that gift that was utterly destroyed 
and I'm pretty sure my dog's going to throw up at some point because <laughs> it's chocolate, right? So we're going to get to come home to that today probably. Um, you know, it's like one of those things you just don't plan on. Sometimes Christmases can be full of disappointments. Um, maybe it's about the present that you got. You didn't get what you were hoping to get one year. Or maybe your family plans turn into family fights. And nobody's been there before, right? Everybody gets along with their family perfectly at the holidays. There's never any conflict or anything like that. Or maybe your disappointment is around the fact that between Thanksgiving and Christmas, there are a lot of parties, and you tend to eat a lot, and so you put on a few extra pounds. Anybody with me on that one? I'm telling you, um, we had a mops event planned, and they were going to decorate Christmas cookies, and a couple of the families got sick, and so the event got canceled, and we were one of the people that were bringing cookies. Our cookies did not go to waste. Those cookies were not baked in vain. I made sure of that personally, and <laughs> I'm regretting each one of those cookies that I ate. Um, maybe Christmas reminds you of someone that you lost this time of year, right? They, those memories can be really strong in the holidays, or maybe it was somebody earlier in the year, and, and the memories of them are, are bringing back some pain in some ways during this Christmas season. Well, Christmas can be challenging sometimes, even for Charlie Brown. Can anybody relate to that? Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. Charlie Brown is the kid that could never quite get anything right. He failed at directing the Christmas play. He failed at finding a nice Christmas tree. And he just couldn't find a reason to even celebrate Christmas. Uh, he was fed up with the commercialization of it all. In fact, he goes to Lucy for help. She had the the booth that offered psychiatric help for five cents. And uh, she goes on and on about how she feels the same way. And, and the reason that, that she's struggling with Christmas is because these gifts are all so meaningless. What she really wants is some real estate, right? <laughs> and then the, there was his little sister, and she asked him to help her write a letter to Santa. And she's writing this letter, and, and he's, he's writing it down. And she's like, ah, I don't need any of the normal presents this year. Just just give me cold, hard cash instead, right? Tens and twenties. <laughs> um, it all seemed so empty to him. Even his dog entered a decorating contest, <laughs> right? Um, the story of Christmas, the real story of Christmas, is, is far less glamorous than we make it out to be. You know, we think of the Magi as like these kings, right? Because we sing the song, We Three Kings. And like they're, they're probably hopping off their um, Emirates Air flight in first class with these perfectly pristine um, outfits and uh, with holding their, their fancy gifts. When in reality, they were fortune tellers. They were people who were probably um, traveling about 900 miles through the desert without proper shower facilities for months at a time. They probably stunk when they got to Jesus, right? It was a long journey. And there, there were also the shepherds. Now, shepherds were pretty low on the um, societal food chain. They were just simple people whose jobs were to keep the sheep from wandering off and getting eaten by a predator. And in fact, I was in Israel about a year and a half ago, and we went to Bethlehem, and we saw 
on uh, the hills like actual shepherds. They were still doing it the same way today that they, they did it back then. The only difference was the shepherds today were wearing jeans. But so that was a little bit of like kind of like a interesting picture in your head, like something from thousands of years ago, but then wearing jeans at the same time. Um, but they just they're on the hill. They're just watching these sheep. They don't have these farms with these pens. They're just making sure that they don't wander off. It wasn't a glamorous job. It wasn't a well-paying job. They weren't important people in that society. They were just, you know, simple shepherds and the stable where Jesus was born, wasn't some rustic barn that we think of today that people use for wedding venues now. No, it was more likely, if, if you've seen pictures of Bethlehem or if you've ever been there before, it's a like a very hilly city and it's a lot of rock. In fact, they don't have a lot of trees in Bethlehem. They have some olive trees, but not enough that they would build any buildings out of wood. They're all built out of stone. And... The stable that Jesus was born in was probably more like a cave in the side of one of those hills, not a, a beautiful barn. It probably smelled like animal poop, right? It was probably very dirty. Even the manger was a little different than we perceive it to be today. Um, today, like, we kind of picture it looking like something like this, right? But they didn't, like I said, have a lot of wood, so it was highly unlikely that the manger would have been built out of wood. In fact, I saw a real manger when I was in Israel and what they would have looked like. In fact, this picture that I'm about to show you predates Jesus. This is what a manger would have actually looked like. Now, I would have brought one of those today for our nativity set, except I don't think our van could handle the weight. Those probably weigh like 1,500 pounds. They're solid stone, and they're massive. Um, but that's what Jesus would have been laid in, in all likelihood. Today, uh, what's funny is commercialism has completely overtaken Bethlehem. It's a tourist site now in some ways. They have, uh, they have like churches built where they think that the stable was where Christ was born and they're elaborate and they're fancy and they're, they're, there's a lot going on there. Even um, Bethlehem has Starbucks now. Well, kind of. Stars and bucks. <laughs> I wonder if they pay royalties on that. <laughs> I would guess probably not. You know, we can moan and complain about how everyone is wrong and everyone is missing the point of Christmas, and we can turn into the Grinch. Or we can change the way that we look at the Christmas story, change our hearts, and focus on the right things. It's not bad to have trees and lights and decorations, and Christmas can be fun and exciting, and you can honor God at the same time. In Luke chapter 2, it says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, by angels. <laughs> See, guys, you get to go to heaven. Oh, careful, that first step's a doozy there. The shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. Haste means fast, you guys. Come on, fast, fast, fast. 
and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who had seen it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. You guys don't look like you're wondering. <laughs> but then, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. Woohoo! <laughs> we got a blind shepherd. Careful. This is going to end badly. Oh, all right. They returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. I want to just close today by talking a little bit about the nativity. Why it's important. You know, when I was a kid, we had a nativity set. And I want to show you a picture of that. This was our nativity set growing up. And um, just so you get an idea of the scale, like those little wooden pieces are about an inch and a half, two inches tall. They're, they're very small. Uh, my parents since have gotten a like nice ceramic nativity set. But we couldn't have nice things when we were kids because we broke them. But... Um, we grew up playing with this nativity set. In fact, we would not necessarily use it to celebrate the birth of Jesus, more to line it up in a football formation. So let me show you what that looked like. If you flip the nativity upside down, it works great as a field goal post. And the baby Jesus makes a wonderful football. This was our Christmas tradition and, and what we used as a nativity set. You know, back in, in 2011, when Laura and I had just moved into our new home in Lakeville, we'd purchased some new Christmas decorations uh, to, to fill up our house because we had a bigger house and we had more space. And so we had two Christmas trees and we put up lights outside the house and um, we hosted a couple Christmas parties that year. We had stockings all over the place and garland and all that fun stuff. And the week of Christmas, our pastor preached a message on the significance of the nativity. And we were sitting there kind of embarrassed because we didn't have a nativity set at our house. You guys can stay here. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> we were a little embarrassed because of all the decorations that we had, we didn't even have anything that even represented a nativity or anything to do with Jesus. So that night, we decided we're going to go to the one place we knew that we needed to go, Michael's. <laughs> and we found a nativity set. It was the only one left. It was the very last one. In fact, I have it right here with me today. And um, what's amazing is that it was just a few days before Christmas, and so we got it on clearance. <laughs> and uh, we, we brought this nativity set home, and with just, just a few days to go, we set it up in our house. And since that day, we started a brand new tradition. Um, now, this nativity and this nativity doesn't exactly represent what it looked like on that original day in Bethlehem. 
but it does do something. It reminds us of the real purpose of what Christmas is all about. And so we have a, a rule at our house. Now, I'm crazy when it comes to Christmas decorations. I put lights on my house in early October because it's still warm outside and I don't have to put a jacket on. And uh, it takes a long time. I don't want to be out in the cold, so I set them up early. And we even decorate our house obscenely early. In fact, this year we decorated on November 1st, um, the day after Halloween. Like, we were ready to go, but... The tradition remains the same. The very first decoration that we put up in our house is always the nativity set. It's a reminder to us that Jesus is first. Now, since the days of getting our first nativity set, our house, we've expanded and we've grown. We have multiple nativity sets. I even have one that was hand-carved from Israel and from Bethlehem itself. And um, that's pretty cool. And I, I, I love that. That set. And this year, I, we were looking for a place for this one, and Laura wouldn't let me set it up. Apparently, she's, you know, not as strong of a Christian as I am. No. <laughs> Just kidding. The reason is we have so many that we didn't have space for it. And so um, we, weren't, we didn't even set this one up this year. But every year, we set up a nativity set first as a reminder of how Christ is important to us. And so what I decided this year is with this set, our very first nativity set, I'd like to give this away to someone. Is there is there a family this year that, that doesn't have a nativity set in their house? Is there anybody that would like that? Yeah, right here. Here you go. And, and I would encourage you to make that a tradition with your family, that you would set that nativity up first. It reminds you of that baby that was born that day to rescue us, to set us free, to give us hope. It reminds us that Christmas is all about Jesus Christ. You know, I'm going to ask that we just take a second, bow our head and close our eyes this morning. And if you're here, today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. He came to earth for the purpose for the purpose of living a sinless life giving his life on a cross so that we could be set free. That is the message and the hope of Christmas. And if that's you today and you'd like to make that decision, I want to give you the opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. So with no one looking around, I'm going to ask that you just raise up a hand real quick if that's you this morning. And I want to pray with you and give you that opportunity. Is there anyone that would like to do that today? Now maybe you're here this morning and and you're just struggling with, with the idea of what it means uh, to put Christ first during Christmas. And you know what? there's nothing more important than celebrating his birth this time of year. So maybe this Christmas, it, it's, it's, it's good for you to just take some time away and just reflect and think about what God has done for you and focus on that and spend some time away from all the busyness and all the other things and all the other distractions. You can still enjoy those things, but make some time 
to focus on the reason why we celebrate Christmas.